If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more streaming platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm. Just typical Newcastle, isn't it? Under Steve Bruce recently. You could do a whole podcast on Newcastle alone. <laughs> right now, that yeah. club is in, just like, literally, Newcastle United lost to a team who have less points than Jack Grealish has on his license. It's Friday, we're back, and it's preview time. You're listening to the Off the Crossbar podcast with myself, Regan Mush, and I'm my co-presenter, as always, Brad Lou Morris. How are you today, Brad? I'm doing pretty well. It's a happy Friday to you. Yes. I mean, it can't be any worse than what's going over in the States. I mean, the president being impeached twice. The only thing that's happened to us twice today is our two shows, as ever. We'll have our transfer a special out later on today as well so make sure you stick over on our youtube channel or wherever you listen to this for our transfer roundup Um, the last transfer power in the last week (laughs) thank you i knew you'd get a joke in there i had to set you up as much as i could right uh as ever there's been a lot happening over the few days since we've gone obviously later on in the show we'll talk about these upcoming uh weekend fixtures but on Tuesday and Wednesday of this week, there was some Premier League action um, for some games that were caught up on. So on Tuesday, Manchester United played Burnley uh, at Turf Moor and it was Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's side that won thanks to a uh, Paul Pogba goal that has seen the Red Devils go top of the league. And elsewhere on Tuesday, was there another game? The end is uh, nigh, yeah. the end is nigh. <laughs> <laughs> The bad times are going back. <laughs> you mean the good times are? The childhood trauma is returning. <laughs> oh, the dreams are here, but I don't want to get too hopeful yet as we haven't even played half a season yet. That's why I'm just staying as calm as collected as possible. Well, it's been like oh, a third of this. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's good to see United back at the top of the table. Um... If we can keep up this form for the rest of the season, uh, great. But it's just too early for me to get excited about United being top of the league and thinking about number 21 in my eyes. But uh, looking back at the game, United looked quite comfortable, I would say. It's a record of VAR decisions. (laughs) I mean, I think it was. Because, I mean, right, so there was the Luke Shaw incident where... Was it Ashley Barnes who fouled or Chris Wood? One of the two. But for me, he cleanly got the ball and I don't think it was there for a foul. Then there was uh, the Harry Maguire incident where his goal got ruled off for his apparent foul on a Burnley defender. Again, if that's a foul, then Jesus Christ. I don't know what you can do now going up for a header. It's absolutely uh, ridiculous. And then 
Was there there was another incident as well, but I can't remember what it was. Wasn't there an offside? Yes. Rashford, I think it was, or someone had scored, but it was uh, ruled off for offside. But again, VAR ruining games. I mean, it's just one of them where, if you think back to that Maguire incident, that, that's not a foul, is it? Not from what I saw, no. I mean, I, I genuinely have no idea what he's meant to do in that situation, if that is given as a foul, because it's not like he climbed all over the Burnley defender and all used like his arms for like leverage and was pushing the Burnley player down. So I just don't understand how that was given as a foul by uh, Stockley Park. But like I said, United have gone top of the league now with that win. Three points ahead of Liverpool, who they face on Sunday, which we'll talk about later on in the show. Elsewhere uh, on Tuesday, Sheffield United managed to get their first win of their season. What? 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 Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Breaking news: Sheffield United win a game of football. Oh my god! I oh, know. Incredible scenes. It was a Billy Sharp penalty in the seventy-third uh, minute uh, that got the point for Chris Wilder's side, and uh, like we. And their first league win of the season and brings them a little closer to West Bromwich Albion having played a game more than uh, the Baggies. They now have a staggering five points. <laughs> Which is, I think, two, three weeks ago, I think we would have said that's fucking unbelievable for them to have five points at this stage. Well, I mean, it's just typical Newcastle, isn't it? Under Steve Bruce recently. You could do a whole podcast on Newcastle alone. <laughs> right now, that yeah. club is in such a state. Literally, Newcastle United lost to a team who have less points than Jack Grealish has on his license. It really is incredible. I just don't even know what to say about how bad Newcastle are under Steve Bruce. I mean, the thing is, though, uh, Mike Ashley has given Steve Bruce his back, and so it's not like he's going to get sacked any time. Oh, yeah, of course, he's the man who stuck with Steve McLaren for three quarters of the season. The same man that gave Alan Pardew an eight-year contract. Yeah, it's not a surprise anymore. Yeah. I mean, he's still looking to sell the club and uh, get out of Newcastle, but uh, that doesn't seem to be happening anytime soon. So it looks like Newcastle fans are in for a long, hard uh, second half of the season. I mean, the, the one thing I found last night, the other night when it was on and done, just how many of the local writers were clearly upset with what they'd watched. Mm. Like, but then you see that the national pundits, like Jamie Redknapp, was, again, the usual stuff. Yeah. At, at, at what point do they all turn? I don't know. I remember the days when papers would combine together and they would just get a front line, deadline. This man needs mm. to be out. It seems like they're too scared of managers nowadays to write something which in the case like, of the national, uh, calling them for the same. In the case of the national pundits, it's, it's all their best mates. Yeah. So they're, they're too afraid to go. Here's a newsflash. You could be a lovely bloke and still be a bit clueless as a manager. Yeah. Well, Steve Bruce, he's probably the loveliest man in the world. <laughs> but he's doing a poor... A terrible job at Newcastle yeah. this season. And any other manager sacked by now? Exactly. I mean, prime example of what you were saying, like all oh, goody two shoes mates. The amount of times 
United are putting bad performances and then you hear them say, oh, give them time, it's not this manager's team, it's not Ollie's team, oh, I'm not going to say a bad word about him because I know how good of a person Ollie is and that. And you're like, no, you've got to criticise him. If they were poor, they were poor. If it's the manager's selection choice, you call him out for that. Yeah. I just don't like, understand why they do, do that. You can't be parking the bus against Sheffield United. Oh, yeah. And won a game or something. <laughs> it's ridiculous from Newcastle. And you can understand the fans' uh, frustration in it. Uh, the other game that happened... Go on. It's get, just one final point. It's getting that precarious when they are getting sucked into it. Oh, 100%. They are right uh, there. Burnley will get points. Relegation. Fulham are getting points, for God's sake. <laughs> right, and we'll get points here and there. And, you know, I'll be in a Jew there, Ron. Exactly. Eventually. So, <laughs> soon come, soon come. So it's not like they're 100% out of it. <laughs> the other game that happened on Tuesday uh, saw Wolverhampton Wanderers welcome Everton to Molyneux, and it was Carlo Ancelotti's side that won 2-1 thanks to an early goal from Alex Wobey and then a goal in the 77th minute thanks to Michael Keane. However, Ruben Nevers did score a goal for Wolves. Everton's still firing. Yeah, they seem to. They're just hanging on a bit just to the and top four. They're out, well, outside of it by goal difference. There is a slight worry from that, if you've seen their injury news. Uh, no, I haven't seen their injury yeah, news. Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Oh, oh yes. Bit of a while. I think with the hamstring injury, was it? I can't remember what it was, but I swear I did say that it was going to be a little while. Yeah, I did see it was he. Um, he was announced the other day because I remember looking at my fantasy team and it's because I had Calvert-Lewin in and he had uh, picked up an injury. Everton. But speaking of Wolves, I wouldn't be stupid enough to replace Calvert-Lewin with Martial. Speaking on Wolves' inconsistencies, though, like we did with Newcastle, just. They really are struggling without Raul Jimenez in their squad. Yeah, I didn't, I've just seen it. I didn't realise they were 14th. Yeah, they've gone. <laughs> they've dropped massively. But then we could say that again and they'll be 6th by the end of the month. Oh, 100%. Well, this season's too mental. Yeah, they're not. But they've actually lost more than they've won. Which is crazy to think. Like, I, I'd... Uh... I'm genuinely finding it hard to come up with uh, the words with like why they're just so inconsistent this season. I think it's goals. Yeah, and that is where Raul Jimenez would have came in. Mm. But it can't He's just be the goal scorer. No, it can't be. They've got to have other players step up to the plate and score goals. I mean, yes, um, Ruben Nevers will always score you at that banging goal. Every now and again, but it's not consistent enough. I mean, their front, yeah, yeah, I mean, their front three uh, against Everton on Tuesday was Fabio Silva, who's only 18 years old, Morgan Gibbs White, 20 years old, after he's recalled from uh, his loan at Swansea, and then Pedro Neto, 20 years old. So they're the asking a lot of being asked a lot, yeah. Yeah, they're just asking too much of them free. That's uh, such a young age. Like we said, though, Everton, they're just on the cusp of the top four, just missing out of it uh, by goal difference at the minute. Literally three goals uh, difference between them and Leicester. 
So it's just crazily tight at the uh, top end of the Premier League. And then yesterday, um, Man City played uh, Brighton in the only game of the day. Sorry, Wednesday. Yesterday for us as time of recording. Phil Foden scored the only goal of the game as they uh, Man City went on to win 1-0. Credit to where it's due to Brighton. Yes, they lost the game, but they managed to hold their own against Man City. Yeah. Didn't think they did too bad, but yeah, again, it's Phil Foden taking all the headlines. Yeah, and it's got to get you questioning, does he deserve to be in this lineup more often now, starting? Mm. There may be COVID restrictions out there, but Stargaze has got a lovely sight in the sky. Oh, honest <laughs> to God, that was... <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it City... Is always, always, Sleeping, I got work up last night. It's something banged against my window. It's probably the ball just landing. <laughs> yes. Honest, uh, it was a bad penalty. But um, City are starting to turn the form around. I mean, again, they're another team that have been quite inconsistent this season. Isn't uh, it seven in a row? I think so. Yeah. That that's the Man City winner. <laughs> But I mean, even still, the last, like, they haven't absolutely thumped a team since, like, I mean, yes, they dominated against Chelsea, but they haven't scored more than the three goals since they I'm beat Burnley back against in November. It could come down to goal difference, though, this title season, though, couldn't it? So it's one of them it's where good. you never know. He could come back to haunt them. Uh, the other game that was meant to have taken place was Aston Villa Tottenham, but that was postponed uh, due to the cases in uh, the Aston Villa team. And then Tottenham did end up playing Fulham uh, in what finished a 1 1 draw. Uh, I can't remember who were the goal scorers in that game. So Tottenham uh, was scored by Harry Kane, and Fulham's header was by Ivan Cavalera. Thank you, thank you. See, see um, someone's on it today. <laughs> yes. I just uh, couldn't remember. I, I had Cavalera scoring for Fulham, but I just couldn't remember who scored for Spurs. Um, Spurs, now, he is a team that are very inconsistent at the minute. I mean, they beat Leeds the other week uh, 3-0, drawing with the likes of Fulham and Wolves, losing to Leicester and Liverpool. It wasn't two minutes ago that we were saying they were title contenders. Oh. Then it was they were top four contenders, and now they're not even in the top four, sitting in sixth place. Let's go back to let's go back to Sunday, the fourth of October, shall we? Uh, when they beat Man United six-one. Yeah. <laughs> so travel back in time. You go and tell a Tottenham fan. Are we going to win the league, lads? I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> yeah, how about in uh, three months' time, Manchester United will be top of the league and you will be sick. They wouldn't believe it if you went back just even that short amount of time and said that after them, that performance is, uh, from both sides. Um, I mean, I don't even know what to say about something. It's just inconsistency. But consistently inconsistent. We talk about a lot about the vintage jersey. And it feels like it's starting to happen already. Yeah. 
In the way that I'm familiar with how Bruce works, you would know how it works with Mourinho. You know, it's like, oh, this is your one. Um, it's with him at every club that he's been at. It's within his second season, he starts to somewhat fade away and then the problems arise with one or two players. Obviously, it's predominantly Deli Alley this time around at Man United. Um, he was falling out with Lukaku. And there's obviously this uh, so-called spat that he had with Pogba. At Real Madrid, he had it with uh, Ike Casillas. So everywhere he's gone, he never does three seasons. So it wouldn't surprise me if this is his last season at Tottenham and we're already starting to see the cogs fall off. Because it's you're just... Saying, you're telling me Jersey's not on the wheel? No, not for much longer. For me, I just... If you take Son and Kane out of that side... They're they're just a mid-table Premier League side. Oh yeah, so they're such an average mid-table team. Yeah, it's literally Harry Kane and Sean Vincent that have saved Tottenham this season, and that's why they're doing as well as they are uh, at the minute. But yeah, I think for me this is Mourinho's last season at the club. I think maybe they get if they're lucky the that uh, Europa League spot. But uh, yeah. I just I think everything's already starting to fall apart, and it would be if he does go, it would be interesting to see who Daniel Levy does look to buy uh, or bring in as manager next season. There's not exactly a camera options out there, is there? No, but I mean, if you look at the list that's been linked with Chelsea, you could say they have the same list mm. drawn up for Tottenham with likes of Thomas Tuchel, Max Allegri, Lucien Favre, Brendan Rodgers, maybe. So, there is options out there, but yeah, for me, I think it's already starting to show that Josie will probably be gone within the next six to 12 months. As of recording for us, because it's Thursday, uh, Arsenal versus Crystal Palace hasn't happened yet, but uh, that game will take place at, or would have taken place at eight o'clock, so, and Arsenal found that uh, turn of form with their youngsters, it seems. Emil Smith for the revelation. Yeah. Seems to be the new well mm. I mean, still can't help it in case either, can you? No. Or, I'll see the young fellow, I forgot his name. Florian <laughs> Balogun. He's, he's the one they're wanting. I thought he was already out there. Yeah, he is, but he's not getting enough games out, which is why he's once out. Yeah, and he's wanted by... I think you're in with Yeah, um, from what I was reading just before we go on to we like, uh, Balogun, he's wanted by like 15, 16 mm. clubs. So it wouldn't surprise me if he does leave. But yeah, I mean, we said it countless times in the last two weeks now. Arsenal have started to find their consistency button. Um, they're now above Palace in the league, though obviously we don't know at the time at the time recording the result could have changed by the time this goes live. But it just shows how close and crazy this Premier League season is. When literally two weeks, two three weeks ago, Arsenal were fifteenth, looked like they were in a proper relegation fight, and now they're about to go level with us. Yeah, I mean, admittedly, you've played two less games than them, or three, but it'd be three. If they win. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what Arsenal can do and how they go uh, for the second half of that season. 
Right, on to a bit of uh, takeover news regarding West Bromwich Albion. According to the Daily Mail, their current owner, Lai Guichon, is desperate to sell the club amid growing fears of the club being relegated from the Premier League. There is said to be three parties interested in taking over the West Midlands side. Um, he wants c- close to £200 million for the baggies. Uh, which he paid roughly five years ago for the club. One businessman that has been named is American-based Mark Campbell, who had how talks about buying Sunderland two years ago. Um, according to the Mail as well, they say West Brom are, are hoping to have identified a preferred bidder by next week. I mean, I don't you know much about the West Brom stuff, but um, speaking. Can't say I've got notifications on for it. Yeah, I mean, I obviously know a few West Brom fans in my family. Um, they seem happy with him being able to go because obviously he's never really been uh, one to do much to the club. He, I think his motto was always, um, it was just like, what money you make, you spend. Like he wasn't ever going to uh, invest into it. If and I think that's where that's what. Do well, then get rid. Oh yeah, and it's because they didn't back uh, Billich, and that's oh, why, or any of the past few managers, and that's why uh, they're struggling. And yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they do end up selling up and look for a new owner, whether it's uh, within the coming two, three weeks or so, or a little later on in the season. Right onto our preview now. Um, speaking of West Brom, they head to or they play Midlands rivals Wolverhampton Wanderers this weekend on Saturday lunchtime at Molyneux. Black oh, Country it's always, oh, it's always a big game between the two sides. Yum, yum, um, yum. <laughs> yes, it's the first in the Premier League in God knows how long well, since we last had these two playing in the Premier League. It's been a while. <laughs> been absolutely ages um obviously with it being a derby everyone would love to win it um west brom it'd bring them a little closer to survival and wolves it would just give them that little bit of reassurance and could even see them leapfrog up to 11th bearing on other results over the weekend and obviously the arsenal result uh tonight for us uh, yesterday for you lot so it's going to be an interesting one um don't think I've managers had their press conference yet, so I can't tell you about uh, team news. Well, there's only one thing we just can say. If there's a time for someone else to turn up with this team, it's right now. Yeah, 100%. I think if they lose this one, then it's going to be really hard for them to try and turn it around and save their season. Mm. But with the way that uh, Wolves are playing at that minute, I mean, you wouldn't put it past Sam Allardyce, Sam Allardyce getting something here. This has nil nil written all over it. <laughs> it really does. Um, next up on Saturday sees West Ham play Burnley at the London Stadium at three o'clock. Um, West Ham sitting tenth, whilst Burnley are in sixteenth. And um, we're going to call this the Claret and Blue derby. The fight Claret and Blues, you know, like. <laughs> Yes, I think this one's really got a nil nil written all over it as well, doesn't it? Oh, it's going to be a thrilling Saturday, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, You've done well to sell it, haven't you? 
I mean, look at the first three games, though. They do look like they could have nil-nil written all over them because the other three oh, o'clock yeah, games lead to Brighton. Might be all right. Yeah, that's the chance to be Brighton. somewhat. Yeah. Mm, be interesting. Brothers, um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, so West Ham, um, a win they could go uh, up to joint seventh with uh, Southampton. Obviously, goal difference could uh, be the separating factor there, and a win for Sean Dutch's Burnley could put them level on points with Newcastle, uh, uh, and they'd be then on the same amount of games for the short while. Next up, as we said, is Leeds United versus Brighton. Go on. I don't know if you'd seen it, but they've got a new teammate in the the term now. Who? Ben. They're their new teammate, artificial intelligence. <laughs> No, I would encourage you to read up on that stuff with artificial intelligence and Burnley. I mean, I'll have a look later. But yeah, yes. So next up on Saturday, sees Leeds United take on Brighton at Elland Road. Um, again, three o'clock kickoff. Leeds will be hoping to uh, score as many goals as possible and actually win this game for once and not. Uh, Come under the same, oh, they look really good attacking, but uh, end up conceding goals and losing the match. Uh, um, Brighton, on the mean hand, they'll be hoping to put in a similar performance like they did against Manchester City the other night. Uh, and you'd expect them to put up a good fight against uh, Leeds. I think this could have a draw. Um, a bit of news regarding Brighton, uh, just contract news, and they are set to offer a young defender, Terry Clampty, a new contract to fend off interest from some of the top clubs in the Premier League so that would be good news if Graham Potter can get Lamptey to sign a new deal. After that on Saturday at half five is Fulham versus Chelsea in a West London derby from correct West London. I guess it counts but it's the Scott Parker derby I'll have you know. (laughs) Or the Steve Sidwell derby. Sidwell was also at both of them. Um, I think, like you were saying the other day, if Frank loses, he could be out of the job. Yes, they beat Morecambe the other day, but an embarrassing loss to uh, Fulham could surely mean the final final nail in the coffin. I feel like even a draw might be damning for him. Yeah, I think it will be. But he'll obviously be hoping that Timo Werner and Kai Havertz have finally found their shooting boots and can get on the score sheet uh, this weekend. Uh but there was talk, I don't know how much truth it is, that they were planning to bring Avram Grant uh, to be a part of his backroom staff in the near future. So, I mean, if that doesn't spell like you're under pressure, then obviously Avram Grant would take over. Uh, we're going to bring in your replacement as your assistant. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that would be really damning uh, for Frank Lampard if it was to happen. Uh, Scott Parker... We'll be happy, obviously, happy with the result against Spurs and hoping that his side can put up a similar performance. So I think that could have uh, the tales of a potentially good game, like the Tottenham uh, game the other day. And the final game on Saturday sees Leicester take on Southampton in a very tactical-based game. I think it's going to be quite interesting. Mm. It's between, really the one. Uh, Rendon Rodgers and Ralph Hassan-Hootel. So we're the one that decides how fast Southampton can go, but also if Leicester can seriously be in the top. Mm, I understand what you're saying, because... 
Look, it's a tough game for both. Yeah, I think, like you say, Southampton lose. I think they won't. There'll be that little bit of drop off, and I think then they'll finish somewhere between seventh to twelfth. But a win will obviously keep them right in that mix, and then, like you say, a less lose. And I think you could probably. I mean, we never know with this season, but you could probably write them out of the title challenge for now, at least. Oh, no, no, Sunday's action was meant to get underway with Aston Villa versus Everton, but that game has been postponed uh, again, still to the high cases in the Aston Villa squad and not being able to field 11 plus have any substitutes available. So that game has been postponed and rescheduled for a later date. So Sunday's action will get underway at five past two as Sheffield United welcome Tottenham Hotspur to Bramall Lane. If Spurs don't win this by 3-4-0, then there's serious question marks about Jose. Have to be. Get this wrong. Did they lose to Sheffield last season? Um, I believe they lost 2-1. No, it was 3-1. So, so you never know. Sheffield United now have the confidence boost. Whereas Tottenham are in a bit of a lull. So yeah. you almost can't rule it out, even if it is just the slightest of possibilities. If Sheffield United win this, I mean, it would obviously give them that more confidence that win the other night against Newcastle. They would, obviously, if West Brom were to lose uh, earlier on in the week and, and Sheffield United win this game, they'd be level on points and then there'd be that more belief around them that they could potentially go on a run and stay up. Whereas Spurs, they lose... The, um, like I said, you gotta be like asking serious questions over Mourinho and what's going on with Spurs. But a win for them could see them jump level with points. Well, would see them level on points with Liverpool uh, for the time being. Um, who then themselves play Manchester United afterwards in a top of the table clash at half past four. A win would see Liverpool go uh, level on points with Man United, whilst United could go six points clear of uh, Jurgen Klopp's side with a victory. Is this the biggest game in Man United's history for a little while? Yeah, for the last three, four years minimum, I think this is our biggest game because it, win this or even get a draw and they put up like a decent performance you'd be like okay this Man United side is serious and they actually are title challengers where if they and you go get, six clear yeah but if you go back a couple of weeks to how they played against Manchester City in the Carabao Cup and if they played that performance then you'd be like okay United are only top just because the, of whom they've played and managing to uh get like late uh, late goals um, in the games. And then the final game on Sunday at quarter past seven sees Crystal Palace head to the Etihad Stadium to take on Pep Guardiola's Manchester City side. This game always seems to be quite entertaining between the two sides, if I'm not uh, mistaken. Yeah, Andros Townsend's warmest boots up ready for another worldie, as he always thinks yes. against Man City. And it always seems to happen at the Etihad as well. Write that bit there. Write that bit there. Yes, it's going to be very entertaining to watch. I mean, the last time these two faced off at the Etihad uh, was nearly exactly a year ago. Uh, come Sunday, it'll be just under a year by a day. 
Uh, it finished 2-2. Palus did have an early lead in that game thanks to a Tosin uh, goal before Aguero scored a brace late on. But a Fernandinho own goal in the 90th minute gave Palace the point. So anything is uh, possible in this game at the Etihad Stadium. And then we round off match day 19 with Arsenal playing Newcastle United on Monday Night Football at the Emirates Stadium. I think for me, this is an easy Arsenal win, looking at how these two teams have been playing in recent weeks. I think to me, for sort of seeing the FA Cup game the weekend, it, it, I'm avoiding this one at all costs. <laughs> yeah. Although for one an early night, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, if it is like uh, the game last week in the FA Cup, like you said, then it uh, is perfect time to have a nice long sleep if you want an early night and get up early for Tuesday. Right, that is all the games to look forward to. And um, now it's on to our predictions. As we said earlier on in the week, I'm on 55 points, while Spread is on 54. No, not for 54, 34. <laughs> like, the catch-up wasn't that good. Um, right. It's all baby steps. Yes. Uh, what games are you going to go for? I take you can do three and three as usual. And three, one. Yeah, I was just, I was just going through it and you interrupted me. <laughs> uh, so, first off, the Scott Barker derby of Fulham Chelsea. I think for me, I'm going to go with 2 1 Chelsea. It's going to be a late Chelsea win. It's going to end 1 1. Okay, interesting. I had a feeling he was going to go with 1 1. Like, because uh, I obviously. Fulham and 1 1s go together like Trump and impeachments. There we go. We managed to get a, a second political joke in. It took you uh, long enough to get an impeachment joke in, but it doesn't matter. We'll get it in either way. Uh, game number two. And red hats. <laughs> yep, we'll break down your defence and, and we'll storm it in any way possible. Um. Second prediction, or second game, sorry, not second prediction. Liverpool, man, you. Why? I hate You can't not do this one. Yes, you can, quite easily. There's a bunch of other games that you could have predicted. Oh, God. I'm going to go, because it's the 4.30 slot, Man United to win 1-0. I'm going to go. 1-1. I can see a trend here for your predictions this week. Oh, I'm slightly regretting it. <laughs> <laughs> Game number three, Leeds Brighton. No. Yeah. It involve United. West Ham. Sheffield. And Tottenham. I. You know what? I'm going to give it to Sheffield United. And I think oh. they're going to win 2 1. Are they urge? I'm feeling the urge to join you in that. Two 0 Tottenham. Okay. I can't um, do it. I can't do it. <laughs> right, uh, the extravagant prediction. <laughs> yeah, I know, but there's just something telling me Sheffield United have got this in the bag. Right, your three random predictions, not random predictions, but uh, three non-Premier League games. 
from across the world of football. Tasty Serie A fixture number one. Inter Milan and Juve. I mean, this has the potential to be an absolute thriller. Second versus fourth. Bearing in mind Juve have played a game less than all the sides above them. They'd go a point behind into the victory. I'm going to go 3 2 to Juventus. 2 1 to Juventus. Okay, game number five. Staying in the Syria. Mm hmm. Napoli Fiorentina. Uh, Fiorentina, Napoli. Um, I'm going to go 2 0 to the city of Naples. 3 1 to Napoli. Okay, and. The final game. Are we did you say you was going to the Eredivisie? I raise you Ajax. I raise you Ajax versus Feyenoord. Ooh, is that this weekend? Obviously, it is. Otherwise, I wouldn't have said it. Is it this weekend? If we that's a bit silly of me. Uh, Ajax Feyenoord, top of the table clash, both level on points. Goal difference separating the two sides. Ajax with them more a uh, twenty-two goal superior. Um, oh, researching the table. No, I just flicked oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean that might not mean anything. <sighs> Jesus, I'm gonna go with two-one to Ajax, and Sebastian Haller will score. Going two-nil to Ajax. Okay, so that is all our predictions in for this week. Uh, we'll review them on our review show, obviously, uh, at the start of next week. Right. Um, bit of WSL talk now. Um, as far as I'm aware... Like you, start, you start with the pre-game warning. Yes. So all games could still be cancelled due to COVID. However, as of time of recording, every Astrid, game... Asterisk almost certainly will be. Um... At the minute, at time of recording, every game is on. There is no uh, reason for any of them to be suspended. We have Aston Villa versus Manchester City uh, to kick off or kick us off on Sunday. I think it's going to be Man City winner, though we might be able to see Aston Villa's new signing, Mana Iwabuchi, uh, make her league debut. Uh, next up is Everton versus Bristol City. Uh, this game could potentially be in doubt after Bristol City announced yesterday that before their game with Aston Villa, two of their players had tested positive for coronavirus. Uh, that's goalkeeper Sophie Begley and uh, Carla Humphrey as well. However, uh, as the game did go ahead, I imagine that this one as well in the future could also uh, go ahead. Next up, it is... Birmingham City versus Brighton and Hove Albion at two o'clock. A very entertaining game as as seventh plays ninth in the league. Um, I think this could potentially be one of the games of the weekend. Obviously not the game of the weekend, as I'll get onto that a bit later. Next up is Reading versus Arsenal. I think this should be an easy Arsenal win. Remember correctly, it was the open match day of the season, uh, which Arsenal won six one. Uh, Jewel Ward scoring a hat trick. Um, so I think 
German tomorrow side will look easy to uh, attain the three points there. Then the big game of the weekend is at half past two at Kings Meadow as Emma Hayes' Chelsea welcome Casey Stoney's Manchester United to London in a top of the table clash. Chelsea are in second, having played a game less than United, so would go level on points with Casey Stoney's side uh, should they win. And obviously, United could open a six point gap to Chelsea with the victory. Uh, transfer news uh, out of Manchester United, and that is Swedish defender Lotta Arkvist has left the club to join Swedish side Kofferberg's Gothberg uh, on a two year deal after playing 10 games for Casey Stoney's side. And the final game of the weekend sees West Ham take on Tottenham. Again, uh, a good clash between 8th and 10th place. Definitely going to be interesting to see what happens in that game. So that is all the women's football talk. Anything else in the world of football that we've missed? No. Right. We'll be back oh, late, uh, later on today or maybe early on today. I don't know. It depends on when we manage to get this out uh, with our transfer show. Talking any transfer news, obviously the latest on Mesut Ozil, if there's anything happened, and all, all the transfers from around the world of football. So enjoy your weekend, enjoy the games. We'll be back at the start of next week to review it all. And have a look at if there's anything uh, in Did You See That? And if not, we'll obviously bring back our show of guests, the players, or whatever we ended up calling it. Um, until we must goodbye from <laughs> yes, we definitely must. Um, <laughs> before I finish, uh, I've just seen a brilliant uh tweet from uh Spartak Moscow, and they literally just tweeted, uh, we're in Dubai, any tips, Celtic? Obviously, because Celtic went to yeah. <laughs> Dubai the other week and they had returned yeah, 13 positive tests. That has become my new favourite Twitter account uh, of the past uh, few months. They have came with some absolute brilliant tweets. Um, A shout out yep, from them would make my day. Yes. <laughs> right. Um, like I said, that's all we've got time for this week. We'll be back. Are you going to add them or am I? <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, we'll see you at the start of next week. Uh, enjoy your weekend. Make sure you like, comment and subscribe wherever you're listening to. And it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from Brad. See ya. And we'll see you soon.